This is the All The More Podcast, where we are continually searching out scriptural truths all the more. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Levi Moore, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother, Aaron Moore. I would like to thank you all for listening. This week, we'll be looking into the topic of... So let's see what God has in store for us today and dive on into His Word. All right, well, uh, welcome you guys to uh, the All The More podcast again. Uh, gl- glad to have you back for uh, episode three, where we're talking about the first sin and the first murder. Um, uh, you have to, to uh, bear with me a little bit this week. My uh, voice is a little raspy from some some allergies going on. Uh, so it's a great time of year. But anyways, uh, so uh, Aaron and I are going to go ahead and and, uh, and get started. We're, we're going to start off first with uh, reading through uh, Hebrews 11, verse 4. Um, you know, see, uh, since that's where Hebrews 11 has taken us, then we'll jump, jump back to Genesis and uh, chapters 3 and 4. So I'll start off reading verse 4 real quick. Um, so in uh, Hebrews 11, 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. All right, so in in, uh, uh, in Genesis 3, this is the first chapter in the Bible that involves sin because the first two chapters had no sin. It was a perfect world, a perfect place. It was, uh, you know, people were, you know, the two people on the face of the planet, they were uh, created by God and for God. Uh, and then, of course, chapter 3 comes along and we have old, uh, old Sneaky Snake, as my pastor calls him, uh, old Sneaky Snake, snake Satan. He came along and... And, uh, you know, as, as, as is, uh, his, his, uh, style as well as his, uh, uh, his, his demons, you know, their style as well as to, to come in and question, uh, question, you know, what, what God said. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, that this, this, uh, this chapter here is especially important, uh, in showing us why it, why it's important for us to know. Uh, our scripture, why it's important for us to know what God actually says, because um, if you look in, 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 in uh, the end, end of end of verse one, second half of verse one, uh, you know, he that is Satan, he said to uh, the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And, you know, of course, you know, Eve you know, comes back and says, no, you know, he says we can eat of any of any tree except for the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good, good and evil, you know, the tree that was in the midst of the garden. Um, but, uh, the servant comes back again and, and, um, in, uh, verse four and says, but the servant said to the woman, uh, you will not surely die because, you know, Eve said at the end of verse three, uh, she, you know, she, she added, uh, neither shall you touch it. That is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, lest you die, which God never said, uh, you know, anything about not touching the tree. He just said, don't eat of that tree. Because in that you know in that day you will surely die, um, and so um, Satan comes along and says, you know, you won't surely die. You know, she, he's planting that seed of doubt that hmm, God really didn't say that, did he? Uh, and so you know he 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 go, goes through this whole this whole thing and and uh, uh, where, where where he 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 tries to to make 
Um, Eve questioned God, and then finally she gives in um, in verse six. And you know, Eve, Eve, you know, she says, uh, "So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate, and gave up some also to her husband who was with her, and he ate." And their eyes were opened, and that basically, you know, that that uh, they both sinned, and then it says that their eyes were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves and made for themselves loincloths. Um, so, you know, this this sin here, it 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 um, you know, it, it 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 changed the way that they saw the world, and uh, the uh, uh, I don't know, no, no, Aaron, if you've if you've uh, uh, heard this or not, but in um. In verse six, where it says, you know, towards the end of verse six, she she took of its fruit and ate, and she she also gave to some, gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. That um, uh, there there are some some theologians that suggest the the Hebrew construction there suggests that uh, that Adam was there with Eve the whole or the whole time, either right next to her or within earshot of her the whole time that Satan was talking to her, and yet Adam did not step up and protect his wife as he should have. You know, he, right. he allowed Satan to, to do his thing. And you know, rather than being the spiritual leader, you know, he, he, he thought, Hmm, happy wife, happy life. You know, I'll mm-hmm. let her have what she wants. And, you know, I, mean, I don't know. That, that's just, you know, yeah, that's, it's really the importance of you know, us knowing our scripture and, and, uh, us fulfilling the role that God has called us to. Right. Yeah, being the, the husbands that we're supposed to be, you know, be the, you have the backbone and the spinal fortitude to uh, stand up for what's right. That's it. The ne- the next part is what's what uh really stands out to me about you know uh, once they have sinned, they've eaten of the fruit. It says after that in verse eight, it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the, to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. When I, th- when I read that, I think of a, that's how people, you know, whether they're believers or whether they're atheists or whether they're on the fence, they still feel the same way. Because, uh, you know, in, in the end days, every knee will bow and every time will confess that Jesus is Lord. And I think everybody knows God. Everybody knows what's right from wrong. But uh, people who deny God's existence, people say, you know, we need a, I don't, I don't, I need to know the truth. I need to know, you know, I don't know what to believe and everything. But, you know, the world cries out, you know, even if Christians won't stand up and cry out for and proclaim God's name, uh, the Bible says the rocks will cry out. Right. And, uh, but the biggest thing is, you know, people that, that question God or people that are, I mean, you can sincerely have questions, you know, and you sincerely want answers and that's fine. And, uh, but you know, some people deny God's existence because they're wanting to hide from the truth. Right. They're like Adam and Eve hiding in the bushes because they know if they acknowledge God, that means that they're responsible. And that means that you have to answer for what you've done. So I think, built into all of our human minds. We know that there's a creator and people all over the world may not know us God or whoever, you know, we know him as God, the one true God. Right. But, uh, people deny his existence, not because they don't believe because they don't want to be responsible and be held accountable. 
So I, that's what I – when I read that verse, that's what I think about when they hide themselves, even though they know that they can't really hide because that's pretty foolish. Yeah, well, you, you know, that, that, that whole passage there, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, men and women, you know, humanity as a whole was created for the part, for the sole purpose of, of a relationship with God. You know, God wanted, you know, he created us, uh, to be creatures that would have a relationship with him and, and, and that would willingly choose to love him. And, uh, you know, as soon as sin enters, you know, which, you know, let's define sin real quick. You know, sin is, is doing anything against, uh, against God, you know, disobeying God in any way. Um, or, or you, you know, thinking of yourself and your own desires before you think of God and his desires, that is a, that's what sin is, is going against God. And so, right. uh, you know, the result of sin was that you know, it says here in verse 10, when, when, when Adam responded to God, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid. I mean, good grief. Like, like the you know, God, the God of the universe created you specifically to love you and for you to love him. Why would you be afraid of him? And it's because sin entered into the picture. It's because that, that relationship that had been there that was established is no longer the, the, uh, uh, the relationship that was, you know, perfect. Now it's a, a marred damaged relationship because there has been disobedience. Um, that's the, and so there's another lie. He tells people today that, uh, that, you know, the right now our time on earth is the greatest time of our lives. You know, we need to cling to our life here. We right. need to cling to the people here. You know, you hear people talking about, Oh, they just want to get, just want to get up to heaven so I can see granddaddy. Oh yeah. No. And, uh, you know, I love uh, my grandfather, our grandfather, more than just about anybody on the planet. But when you get to heaven, you know, that's what Satan is wanting you to focus on the here and the now instead of focusing on the on the on eternity. This little, you know, 60 to 80 or however long many year blip on the screen of eternity right. is a very short time. And he's going to make you say, oh, you know, surely you won't die. But we know that sin, you know, separation from God is death. Right, a life without Jesus Christ, you are dead. You know, I'm 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 glad glad you pointed that out because you know uh, <clears throat> a lot of people they uh, you know they just think of death as life ending, but that's not what death is. You because know, whenever whenever God said you know, on that day you shall surely die, He wasn't talking about you will have a physical death on that day. It's that He mm-hmm. would have He would no longer have complete one hundred percent. A harmonious relationship with God, man and yeah. man and God would no longer be, you know, walking step by step. They would be separated. And as so, yeah. you know, whenever we die, um, you know, a, our physical death is our, is a, is a, uh, separation from our families. And so that's why death is, is, is a big deal for us because, you know, we can't be with the people that have p- passed on before us, but that wasn't how God designed it to be. But, Again, sin entered in the picture and, and ruined everything. Uh, <clears throat> now, one more thing I wanted to, to point out here in this in this passage uh, or in this chapter is you know, notice from the from the very the, from the very start of like starting verse eight when 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 God um, God comes into the picture or excuse me verse nine uh, where God says you know where are you He's you know, asking for you know, Adam and Eve are you know obviously God knows where they are 
because I mean, God is He's yeah. omnipotent. He's uh, he, He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all He's all present. I mean, he, you know, of course He knows where they are, but you know, He's asking, "Where are you?" Because He want He's giving Adam a chance to step up, you know, be the mm-hmm. man that you're supposed to be. Uh, and then whenever verse ten, you uh, whenever Adam told says that you know, uh, because I was naked and I hid myself, God comes back in verse eleven and says, "Who told you you were naked?" And you have you yeah. eaten of the tree? I mean, he's he's doing he's asking all these probing questions. You know, just admit that you have done this thing. Admit that 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 you know that uh, Satan was the one that told you these these things. Uh, and 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 you know, it's, it's you know almost like God is prompting him for confession of his sins. Mm-hmm. You know, to have a restorative uh, feature or to to have the relationship restored, but. Look, look what, look what Adam does here in verse 12. The man said, the woman whom you gave to me or get to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate man. did, did Adam drop the ball there or what? Yeah. He, he turns back to God and says, God, it's your fault. Cause you gave me this woman, you know, had you not given her to me, I'd have been fine. You know, I wouldn't have sinned, but you know, uh, so who does God turn to? God turns, then turns to the woman what is this that you have done? You know, again, he's giving another chance. Confess your sins, but no, he's the, the woman said the serpent deceived me and I ate. So it's not her fault either. It's the serpent's fault. And so finally God, you know, turns to, to, um, to, to the serpent and, and, uh, you know, puts the curse on the serpent. But you know, the, the most important verse in this entire chapter is, uh, chapter th- uh, three, verse 15. This is what's known uh, as the proto evangelion or the first gospel uh this is the 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 first promise of 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 a redeemer um where it says i will put enmity between you and the woman he's speaking to the serpent and between your offspring and her offspring he shall bruise your head and he, you shall bruise his heel you know so you know uh, you know god's promising a redeemer that will essentially crush the head of the snake a fatal blow to the head and uh, and and there there will be a temporary bruising of the heel of of the um, of that redeemer, you know, which at this point will be uh, Jesus is is who he's talking about. But you know, Eve later thinks that, that that you know he was talking about Cain, and she finds out that he wasn't talking about Cain. But uh, anyhow, um, that was really what I had for that chapter. There's one more verse though, chapter three, verse twenty one. This verse twenty one plays plays a big part. Uh, in in into uh, the sacrifices we're talking and, and the murder we're going to be talking about here in chapter four, but in verse twenty one it says, "And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them." So you know, earlier uh, Adam and Eve had been wearing they they made for themselves uh, loincloths out of fig leaves. So in verse twenty one, God made garments of skins and clothed Adam and Eve. So which seems strange if they were already uh hairy apes and stuff <laughs> yeah if they were hairy apes why would they need garments um, yeah pretty well, crazy well there, there's that and then, the, then there's like wh- where did the skins come from yeah they came from some other animal right i mean that's where you get skins from now why weren't the fig leaves good enough well it, uh, it tells us um i believe it's in uh hebrews uh, nine twenty two. It says, "Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins." And so, 
you know, under the law, you know, that there had to be sacrifices, um, you know, as temporary placeholders for our sins. Uh, and, and so, you know, that blood was there to, but you'd have to say that the law had not been given yet. So that wouldn't be applicable right now though. Right, right. But the law hadn't been given, but I think it's in, uh, in Romans, it says that, that, that from, you know, from, from the beginning, there, there was a law that was written upon the, the hearts of man. Like it, you know, God is the one that established this act of, of sacrifice. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it, you know, in order to get the skins he had, uh, from the animals, he had to kill the animal. And so that, that, that act of killing and shedding the blood is, is, is where the forgiveness or temporary, you know, placeholdering placeholderment of, of sins came from. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and you know, just for the sake of argument, let, uh, let's say that, that God used a lamb and used lamb's skins, uh, to clothe Adam and Eve. You know, it doesn't say that in scripture, but I'm just gonna say that just for this point of argument. And, you know, we, we have, you know, the lamb of God and, you know, Jesus Christ is the one that was sacrificed for us. And so, uh, you know, hit, you know from the very beginning, we have skins you know, of a lamb being put on us so that when God looks at us, he no, no longer sees us, but he sees the blood and the skins of Jesus Christ, the lamb of God. Amen. So, um, so he no longer sees our sins, but let's go ahead and move on to, uh, to chapter four real quick. Um, talking about Cain and Abel. So we talked about the first sin and now we'll talk about the first murder. So I'll, I'll let you, uh, you take over, uh, on this All one. Right. So, so I'll, I'll, so I'll stop pontificating. All right. Uh, Genesis chapter four says now Adam knew Eve's wife and she conceived and bore Cain saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore a brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep and Cain was a worker of the ground. And, uh, those are two for the next, what we're about to talk about that for that verse there about Abel was the shepherd. Cain was the farmer and moving on to verse three it says in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of fruit from the ground. And then it says in, in verse four, and Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and all their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. This is the next really important part here in verse six. It says, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your face fallen? If you do well, won't you be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It is its desire is contrary to you and you must rule over it. And then right after that it says, uh, Cain spoke to Abel and his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother and Abel killed him. So, uh, this is a really, uh, I don't know. I've never really thought about this passage really in depth until we started talking about it. But, uh, but, uh, a lot of, one of the biggest questions a lot of people have, and there's been a bunch of different theories and everything about it. You know, why is, why was Abel's, you know, obviously Cain got mad at Abel because God thought Abel's offering was better. And so Abel got mad, I guess at God and Abel, and ended up taking it out on Abel and killing him. So that was the first murder. And I guess it was probably the second sin. I don't know if there's sins in between there and the fall or what. Surely there was. Yeah, well, there, there, there's certainly no, you know, no sins that are um, specifically mentioned. But, I mean, right. you know, from, 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 you know, from the point of, of Adam and Eve sinning to begin with, there was the, uh, the problem you know, with their, their pride. You know, you know, right. and, and from that point on, 
uh, you know, their eyes were open. They realized they were naked. And, 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 you know, from that point they were, they were prideful creatures. Well, the, the couple of things that I was, uh, you know, people who don't know, some people say it's because God is, you know, just talk, point, point out a fact that God is sovereign. And they'll say, because God is sovereignty, he just happened to choose Abel over Cain. And uh, there's a bunch of other different things. But what I was looking at specifically is the fact that uh, I think it's a condition of the heart. And, man, you were talking right. about earlier, you know, Cain, uh, obviously, by the Lord's response to his offering, was bringing his sin, his uh, offering with sin in his heart. Because it says, if you do well, won't you be accepted? That means, you know, if you do good, I'll be pleased with you. You'll be accepted. The Lord will accept you. And it says, if you do bad, or it says, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and his desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And uh, so obviously you can see it's a, it's a condition of the heart. He brought his, he brought his offering to God with sin. And uh, I can't remember what you might know what verse it is, but all the way over in the new Testament uh, talks about, you know, if you bring your offering to the Lord with a, and you have a problem with your brother, you know, you're angry, you're, you're having some kind of problem or some kind of sin in your life, you need to leave your offering at the altar, go solve the problem and come back and give it to the Lord because the Lord does not want you to bring offerings with sin or with some kind of problem with your fellow with your fellow human being. The other thing is here, another condition of the heart, like we are talking about earlier, I don't know, this is something I was thinking about. Uh, if you look, you know, Cain was a farmer, so he grew fruit. And it says right there, it says, over the course of time, which means, you know, kind of like a long and a long, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. So it doesn't say anything about the quality of fruit. It may have been good quality. It may have been okay quality. It may have been bad quality. Right. You know, but it was just kind of like a haphazard thing. But you look at Abel's gift, and it was the firstborn of the flock and the fat portions, which later on in Exodus and uh, later on in the Old Testament talks about God is well pleased with the aroma of the fat offering. Right. That's the portion of meat. So he's obviously well pleased with that later. And uh, so you can clearly see that Abel was giving, you don't know what Cain, exactly what he was giving, but Abel was giving the best of what he had. And so going back to Hebrews with the faith portion in there he was coming to god with a with a giving heart and cain was not well and, and you, you're talking about your uh the heart condition being a factor in the offering well for, first let, let, let me uh, get, get that passage for you uh, you're referencing there it's matthew 5 24 um versus jesus speaking it says leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift yeah so that that, that was the passage you're, you're referencing there you, you have to uh, have yourself right uh, with your brother before you can you can you know, uh, offer a gift um, you, know, you know to your father. Um, right. But uh, you talk about the, the the heart condition though. M- many Calvinists, uh, you know, generally speaking, you know, talking about God's sovereignty, will say that God just chose one versus the other. Um, but uh, I'll give a a plug here for uh, another podcast by Doctor Layton Flowers. His name, uh, his podcast is Soteriology One Hundred One dot com. The name sounds very fancy, but it's it's a a, a a really straightforward topic. You know, soteriology is the the doctrine of salvation, and he uh, he you know, uh, every week he goes through and and uh, and responds uh, in a very you know, cordial way, as he puts it, uh, to the uh, the claims of Calvinists you know, or Calvinism in general uh, to, to 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 how people are saved. 
And, uh, you know, he, 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 uh, has termed himself like within the Southern Baptist convention, he, uh, you know, it's typically called traditionalism, but, but he, he has kind of, uh, uh, he, I don't know if he coined the phrase or the term, but he has kind of claimed the term of, uh, uh, of being a provisionist or provisionism because God has provided, um, for, uh, our sal- for all the salvation of all people. But, um, so, uh, you know, uh, if, if anyone listening has any, uh, desire to learn more about, uh, how uh, the doctrine of salvation and, 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 uh, and, and those claims, you know, go check him out. It, it, it all comes down, comes down like you're saying to, to the, the, the heart of the person. Abel's giving his, his best and his first, whereas Cain may or may not have been giving his, his first fruits. But, you know, the, the, the main difference here though, and, and their offerings is that, Abel was giving, uh, or rather, the the physical difference in the offerings was that Cain uh, Cain was giving uh, fruit, whereas Abel was giving you know, a blood offering. You know, he was giving an offering, uh, you know, that 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 um, dealt with you know killing you know killing another another animal. You know, and and you know, God had set that standard back in uh, chapter three, verse twenty one, like we were talking about a minute ago. You know, it says that the Lord God made for Adam. And for his wife, garments of skins and clothed them. You know, there had to be a killing in order for there to be a temporary placeholder um, for you know, Adam and Eve, or for whoever it the person was, uh, for their sins to be you know temporarily overlooked. Uh, because you know, no, nowhere in Scripture it, does it say that um, that there was a place for an offering to remove the sins. The sins were always there, but the offerings mm-hmm. only uh, you know. Um, only paid a, paid the price temporarily for that sin, and uh, I can't remember the passage, but there's another passage that, you know, that essentially says that there there uh, that um, sacrifices were were only um, they only took care of uh, sins that uh, were unintentional sins, and so there was never there was never a, an offering for intentionally sinning. So you know you're gonna go stand on stand, you, you trample all over God's name. And you know, uh, you know, go out and murder people and intentionally and 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 raping and pillaging intentionally. Uh, there was no there was no forgiveness for those sins according to the law. But but that's where you know Jesus Christ with his sacrifice came into play, and we had this this um, uh, this you know, this grace. You know, this this sacrifice. You know, we 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 would you know we as Christians or we as humans in general, if we accept it, get this option this this forgiveness that we don't deserve. Uh, we get the the gift of of eternal sal- salvation, eternal life that we don't deserve, um, but uh, yeah, that, that that's kind of where uh, where you know Cain and Abel are at this point. They they um, uh, you know, Abel was obeying or following God's example, whereas Cain was not. Right, and that's the other topic I was we're talking about. You know, living by f- this whole podcast is about seeing how faith these heroes of of Hebrews chapter 11 uh, and their faith has gotten them to where they are or got them to where they got to and why they're remembered today. I mean, why were their names even put in the Bible to start with is because of God's grace and their faith. And uh, you see that uh, Abel, you know, like we talked about earlier, uh, it wasn't until Noah came around that uh, people were even allowed to eat meat. So the question would be with Abel, obviously he was a, he was a shepherd and he was shepherding a flock that he uh, he couldn't even eat, right? I mean, it was simply 
keeping the sheep for God, basically. I mean, they're used as offerings, in, especially in this case. And you look at, at Cain, and he was, uh, you know, doing the work for himself because he was he was doing it for regular food that he could eat. And if you look at it from the standpoint, it's like us as Christians, uh, we're supposed to be doing God's work. We're supposed to be doing filling out God's plan for our lives, and we're supposed to be putting Him first. And our and our goal in life should be to glorify Him. And you see that with uh, Abel, you know, he was living by faith because obviously he was devoting his time to doing something for God, you know, glorifying his name and raising animals to use to glorify him with an offering, you know, going with his commandments of a blood sacrifice. And you see his brother, in contrast, was simply, you know, doing what he would have been doing anyway, trying to eat for himself and just so happened to get a little bit along the way and kind of give to God. And um, going back to the to the heart issue, you know, we have to have a heart after God. And you see uh, King David, you know, he's talking about he has a, he was a God after, or he was a man after God's own heart. And, um, you know, because King David, he did a lot of questionable things. He sinned, and you want to, and if you look at it closely, you can see, like, well, there's a lot of other kings in the Old Testament who did the same things he did, and God punished them or banished them or uh, turned them over to the Babylonians or whatever happened to them. But David, he still was a sinner just like all of us. But it was his heart. It was the condition of his heart that separated him from the other kings because he had a heart after God. Right. And that's like Abel, you know, I'm surely, you know, he wasn't perfect either. But uh, like we should do, even though we we are all, all sinners, we have to, you know, we have to strive after God's glory and God's work and not our own selfish things. Because like Jesus said, you know, man can't survive off bread alone. You know, a man that comes to me will, will have the, I guess, what you say, the water of life or the life-giving water, you know, never thirst again. So if we focus on God first, us second, we won't even have to worry about us because by doing God's will, the rest of it will be taken care of. That's exactly right. It ultimately boils down to, um, you know, we, we have to remove, remove our desires, um, our selfish desires from the picture, and we have to submit fully to God's desires, and only then will we, um, only then will we, will we truly honor and glorify God. Because if we are focusing on ourselves, then you know, that's that that really is that that's that pride and that that sinful nature you know coming up in us again. Yeah, I want to put a. This is a talk about the a condition that I hope our hearts can be or, or our attitudes. This is going over all the way over to the New Testament in Acts chapter twenty. This verse seventeen is whenever uh, Paul he gathers the elders up at Ephesus, and uh, the way his attitude when he talks about things is how all of us need to have the attitude because his focus is always, he's not worried about his own life. He says his life has no value, no worth, but I'll just read the passage to you real quick. He He's talking to the elders and he says, you yourselves know that I've lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me throughout the plots of the Jews. How, it, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from the house to house, testifying both to Jews and the Greeks and of repentance toward God and the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, this is the powerful one of me that says, And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit. And uh, I think the King James says, enslaved 
to the spirit of God. Like it's almost like he has no choice. He's not worrying about his will. He's simply having the heart after God. And it says, uh, it says constrained by the spirit. And it says, knowing not what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction await me. But I do not account for my own life of any value nor precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel and the grace of God. I saw that was pretty powerful. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, like Abel, he was not worried about himself, and he lived through faith. And uh, just like Paul's talking about there, he's talking about doing work through, through faith. And it's like none of us really have a, if we're Christians, we, you know, we talked about last week about the Holy Spirit and his power. And, uh, and that's inside of us. And, you know, we have to live life not worrying about ourselves and our own wants and everything. But like Paul says, we just, we just need to remember, we just got to finish the race. And he wasn't, he says, my life has no value. And that's, and like we talked about last week, your life has value and meaning because you're made in the image of God. But what he's saying is that you're not worried about keeping your life for the sake of what's here on this earth. He's talking about, you know, I know that I'm going to, they're going to try to imprison me because the Holy Spirit told me so. He says, I know I'm going to be afflicted, but he says, I got to go. I have no choice because he, I guess he has a choice, but it's like all he can do is, is preach. I mean, right. he's so consumed with the Holy Spirit. He's on fire. And, uh, it, it's, it's like Jeremiah in, in uh, Jeremiah 29 or yeah. 20 verse nine, where he says, you know, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I, I can't do anything but preach. That's what we got to be like. And that's what I've really, what I've personally in my own life have really been saying, you know, we're all called to do, or like, for instance, which I just sent you a blog today that you need to put on the website. I don't know if you read it yet or not. I hadn't read it yet, but I, I was going to go go through and hear in a little bit. A lot of this is going to, if any of y'all listening, look up the blog. It's got, I think it's pretty good. Because you're the only one on there right now. So you obviously, so of course you think it's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was just saying that one of the points of it was uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, what we need to be doing. Um, and walking by faith, you know, Jesus told told his disciples, you know, he's about to leave. He says, you know, anybody who who loves me and wants to follow me will do the things I do. And he said, I'm sending a helper because you, you're all going to do greater things than me. Right. There's power in the blood and there's power in the Holy Spirit. And we just got to keep our eyes on the prize and finish the race. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and to, to, to go back to a verse we, we talked about last week in Hebrews 11, 6, it says, yeah, and without faith. It is impossible to please him, you know, him being God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I mean, you know, faith is that is the ultimate. Uh, faith is the is, is is the ultimate you know, factor in this in this uh, um, in this life. We have to trust God and, and seek after Him. And if we don't do that, then we will never uh, we will never honor Him or please Him. And that is our ultimate purpose: is to honor and please God. That's um, it. Do you uh, have anything else you wanted to to add, or because otherwise I think we're at a at a pretty good wrap up point? Yeah, I'll just a little closing statement. I don't know if it has anything to do with what we're talking about, but Jesus is coming, whether you're ready or not, to, to all the listeners. And uh, even if you are saved, there's uh, millions and millions of people in the world that aren't saved, and uh, we have to we gotta we got like what biggest thing to me is, is evangelism and missions work in the, in the sense that you know every time we step out the door we're in the mission field we're called by god to spread the word and uh jesus is coming and we have to remember that and be urgent in what we're doing like urgent in our witnessing urgent in our 
you know, we have to do everything we do for the Lord with urgency because, you know, until he comes or until we go home, we need to serve the Lord every single day. Let the, let his word consume us. Let his, just let him take control of our lives. And we need to, I'll just encourage anybody listening. Sometimes I feel like Moses and the fact that, you know, I've had almost like a burning bush experience as far as, you know, a lot of people think that they're not good enough or they're not smart enough. They're not wise enough or they don't have enough money or they're not popular enough. You know, why would anybody want to listen to me? You know, all of us are called to, to go out and tell the good news. And uh, just like God told Moses, you know, he told him, just carry my word to the people and I'll take care of the rest. And so That's exactly uh, it. all of us, we guess we, you know, like I said, a thousand times before to a lot of people, you know, he doesn't call us to be successful. He simply calls us to be faithful. You know, like Moses, he had a speech impediment. He said, how am I going to do this? You know, I'm just a little, I don't, I mean, I'm too small to do this or not. You know, he, he said he couldn't do it. Nobody has an excuse. We all got to, we got to get with it. So that's all I got. To use the, the regularly used phrase in a lot of, in a lot of uh, churches today, you know, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. You know, right. you know, whenever God tells you to do something, you know, it doesn't matter if you are ready or if you know how to do it or not. God is going to, you know, if you obey him and take a step of faith, you know, step out of your comfort zone. If you, if you obey him, he will make sure that you are ready. He, he will give you the words to speak. He will give you the, the boldness to, to stand up in, in, in the crowd and shout his name and, and, and praise his name. Uh, and I mean that again, it, it comes down to our obedience you know, going back to what it should have been to begin with, you know, we, we, the the uh, the sin of Adam and Eve should have never happened, but it did. Uh, you know, they, they were designed uh, by God to have a relationship with Him for for all of eternity, but they chose, you know, to take a bite of a piece of fruit that happened to look nice. The they they got caught up in in the desires of this world rather than the desires of of their God. Um, and so that, that, that's what, you know, what, what we should be doing is, is, you know, forget about the here and now, you know, as Christ tells us, you know, lay up your treasures in heaven, you know, where, you know, cause I mean, n- no one can touch your treasures there. You know, God's got, you know, God's got them, you know, God's got you and, 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 and everything under control. Uh, so trust him and cling to his name. Yeah. Satan is going to try to, you know, the Bible says he's come to steal, kill and destroy. And, um, I think, you know, the closer you try to walk with God and the closer you try to just like Adam, just like Adam and Eve, for instance, you know, they were walking about as close as a person can physically walk to the Lord and Satan came after him. Right. And, uh, you know, people won't always ask the question, you know, why do good things happen to, or why do bad things happen to good people? Or, you know, why are these, you know, people say, you know, I'm just trying to do, I'm just trying to serve the Lord, trying to do the right thing. I live right. And, it just seems like something's always going wrong or all being, you know, you know, Satan's always at his business and stuff. And, and that's, right. that's, that's the truth. I mean, the more you have to be ready because the, the closer you get, the more he's coming after you. But luckily we have, you know, we're equipped with the Holy spirit and uh, all of us need to, when you study the word, we need to be constantly praying because we have to, you know, like Paul told Timothy, you know, we have to be ready in and out of season to proclaim his word. And we got to be ready to, to, I mean, the spiritual warfare out there. I mean, people talk about, you know, the spiritual versus the physical, but it's almost the same. I mean, you got to be ready. I mean, it's a real war out there every day you walk out the front door. So that's, yeah, that's it. 
Well, um, I, I re- reckon we can go ahead and, and uh, wrap it up here. Uh, yeah, I, I know our, our listeners are just, you know, just they they want more, but uh, at this point, uh, you know, I, I think we've we've you know done done a pretty good job in, in, of uh, of covering the uh, the the main points in the in the in these two two chapters here. Um, but for for those of you listening, uh, if you uh, you know want uh, want to check out that soteriology one hundred and one, uh, check out the links in the show notes. Um, and uh, you know, I'll uh, be you know, you'll be be able to find it there. Uh, I uh, Aaron and I b- uh, both appreciate uh, those of you who are listening. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, be sure to uh, to uh, give us a like on uh, iTunes or, or uh, on Stitcher or, or wherever it Tell is that you're friends. listening to us. Yeah, sh- you know, sh- share with your friends and uh, and uh, you know, be be sure to to uh, you know, uh, pass us around. You know, not 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 so that we can be glorified or. Or that, that we can become popular, but solely for for uh, for God to be honored through it, that you know, people can learn more about Him. So we thank you all. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see y'all in, uh, in uh, two weeks. Thanks for listening to the All the More podcast. If you like what you've heard or are interested in other related content, head on over to allthemore.com. That's all the more with two O's. dot com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your other favorite podcasting app. Until next time, keep on searching out scriptural truths all the more.